the Minnesota Vikings have brought joy and misery to the Vikings fans for many years. At the Skull Purple Podcast, we just want to see the Vikings party with the Lombard. Join us for analysis, interviews, laughs, and much more. It's the podcast by Vikings fans for Vikings fans. The Skull Purple Podcast starts now. Here's your host, Carson Schubert. Welcome into the Skull Purple Podcast. We're joined by Thor Nystrom here of Fantasy Pros and uh, Score North, among other places. Thor will uh, have you talk about all of your places you're from. Um, obviously, Minnesota as a Vikings fan as well. And also very important, an Iowa graduate as That's I'm great. a big Hawkeyes fan. So um, I live in Iowa. So I... I hear you, man. I uh, I'm excited for I'm for the I'm excited to see how uh, Brian Ferentz improves the offense. I I know that's uh, not usually a sign of optimism when you talk about Brian Ferentz, but uh, should be fun. But anyways, Thor, how are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. Where, where are you? Where about in Iowa? I'm in Northwest Iowa, so okay. about five miles south of the Minnesota border. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, obviously most of my time was spent in Iowa city, but uh, yeah, like I'm a, I'm a fan of Iowa. Sometimes it puts me on the wrong side with gopher fans, you know, but like <laughs> a gopher fan, it's just uh, Iowa accepted me. So I had to go there, but yeah, big, big Hawkeye fan. That's cool. Yep. Yep. That's right. Well, that's awesome. And we'll, of course, we got to talk about some of these Hawkeye draft picks a little bit here too. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and get into the Vikings. This is the Skull Purple Podcast, so we have to talk about the Vikings. Um, so I'm curious to get your thoughts. We don't need to go prospect by prospect here, but um, just kind of your overarching thoughts on the Vikings 2023 draft class. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was a little bit lower on it than I would have liked, uh, you know, but I, I got to judge the ball where it lies. And the Vikings, you know, you stack up the classes, you know, one against the other. And the way I do my draft grades, it's on a curve, right? Because, like, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I'd look at the draft grades. I was like, no one ever has a grade beneath C. That's, like, not the way that, you know, like, it's hard to tell someone's real opinion on it. So what I force myself to do is grade on a curve, which means every class I have two A pluses, I have two Fs, two D minuses, two As. You know, I try to, you know, spread it evenly throughout the whole thing, whatnot. Um, and the Vikings this year, they got a D plus for me. Now, a D plus on anyone else's report card would be the lowest in the NFL. It's not on mine. Uh, you know, like I, I guess that would be still what, what, eight, nine teams below or whatever. But I was a little bit underwhelmed. But then again, you do have to give them the benefit of the doubt of you're hamstrung both with the cap and you're also hamstrung with the draft equity. And they obviously tried to do something in round one, listening to offers. They bled that Jordan Addison clock down about as low as it can go. And they were listening to trade offers. They didn't end up trading down. I thought in terms of that staying in the slot, uh, in the moment, I was a little bit not low on it. Like I was cool with Addison, but like I like a couple corners that I really liked had fallen down, in particular Joey Porter. I also like Deontay Banks, but like I actually think they made the right three-dimensional chess call in the end because the receiver class fell off a shelf right after that. Like you had yeah. the four consensus first round receivers and then there was like a big teardrop and then the next guys, whatever. And when you're projecting, you know, again, the lack of, of draft equity 
They didn't have a second round pick because of the Hawkinson trade. You're sitting in round three. You're later on in the round. And when you have to wait that long, the receivers that they could project to be there, there's just no immediate starter on the other boundary from Jefferson. And if you didn't have a guy next season that can beat single coverage, you're good. Vikings offensive football for another year would have been the same thing it was from week two until the Giants playoff game, which is uh, wonton double teaming and bracketing of Justin Jefferson every single play. The only way you can get opposing defense out of that is if the guy on the other side can beat single coverage. Adam Thielen certainly could not last year. Good luck in Carolina. Um, but like we needed a guy that could do that. And so Addison projects to do that. Totally agree with that. Uh, and then you defer the cornerback need to the two day two round three, whatever, where you could project that there would be a potential immediate starter available to you. And I like what they did there too. I believe them when they say they would have taken Makai Blackman with the initial pick. I totally believe them because he is such a tailor made perfect fit for Brian Flores. Uh, but they end up trading down with San Francisco. They pick up the two extra picks. You help, you know, flesh out your pick allotment at that point. And then you take the guy you're going to take anyway. I, I really like the Makai Blackman pick. I think Makai Blackman will be a starting cornerback in week one. I think there's a decent shot he will be the team's best cornerback next year as well. We'll see on that. But, like, I'm pretty bullish on that one. It was just the rest of the picks on on Saturday, day three. I, I wouldn't have made the decisions that they made. Uh, I understand why they were attracted to some of those kids, but that's why I ding their grade. Okay. Yeah, I – I think there are definitely quite a few times and I tried not to get so upset when they didn't draft guys that were on the consensus board and guys I'd heard like from you and from Tyler Fornis and different people in the Vikings draft uh, sphere and um, you know, the national guys too, that have just kind of been, you know, ranking their, their tiers. So when you go off that tier or that uh, big board, if you will, then it's like, oh, well, this is just weird because this big board is not the same as this one. So I think it's something where I'm starting to learn, okay, well, the big boards that are released nationally in the media are not always the big boards that the teams use and most likely hardly ever uh, the same big boards. Um, but I do think it's interesting that the Vikings seem like they went uh, at least down from the value of some of these players. Well, I mean, yes and no, right? Like, I mean, Addison was 30th on my board and Blackman was, and he was taking 23rd. Blackman right. I had like eight slots below or seven, like really close to, to where he ended up going. But, and this isn't what you're asking me, but I'm, I'm going to address it anyways, because it's an important point for people out there. You have a job like mine, you rank out 800 players, right? Like in a process, I, I put out my 500 player board, but like I, I rank even deeper than that with the position rankings and whatnot but I'm not ranking for a team. I don't have an offensive scheme. I don't have an offensive coach. It's like, this is, I, I run air raid or I run, you know, uh, uh, power run, you know, like with, you know, whatever, or on defense, it's not like a three, I need a three, four X. I need a, I need a nickel corner, not a boundary corner. Like I'm not shopping for specific things. Teams are, they are looking for scheme fits. They are looking to fill very specific needs. And within those niches, they know how deep those classes are, whatnot. Their boards are are informed, the construction of them by that stuff, right? Whereas mine, it's in a vacuum, right? And like, you know, a thing like with, you know, for instance, Ringo. Everyone's going nuts. Why didn't you take Ringo, right? Why did you take Ringo? Ringo's not a good scheme fit. Ringo can't move side to side. 
He is a great north-south athlete in a very big package. And if this was a track meet of the most impressive athletes, he, he would have been taken there, but it's not. And he can't stay with guys in space. You can't leave that guy on an island because he can't change directions with them. So, like, I mean, Ringo would have been a better fit for a team like Seattle, you know, where it's like the silo zone where you only have to play back north and south like that. But, like, he can't trail a guy across the field. He got lit up doing that at Georgia. So, like, in Flores' system, (laughs) where you're sending the dogs on X amount of snaps, Brian Flores, I think the last uh, two seasons where he was in control of the defense – it was like they were second and second in the NFL and blitz rate, something like that. Like you have to project that your corners can stay with guys in space and Ringo can't do that. So, but like the reason he was ranked higher on the consensus board, it's like people dreaming on his athletic profile. Now I was a little bit lower on that on Ringo for the reasons that I just said, I, you know, I think he was 40 spots lower on my board than that. He still would have been higher than the, where he was drafted, like this, where the Vikings were, he was still a little bit higher than that on my board, but that is specific to like, you know, a part of that is imbued by like what his ceiling is. And then also the idea that he is going to go to a team. I I try to do this with every prospect, give them the benefit of the doubt that you're going to go into a scheme that behooves your system. But I think that's what like people out there miss is like, you're filling it for the scheme and for the holes that you have. And like Ringo just wasn't a good fit for the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good way to put it. And that's a really good point. A lot of these teams will draft based on the scheme fit, but I think that's also part of coaching too, where um, you can, um, you can kind of help players fit into your scheme, but um, that's, that's just kind of a tougher thing maybe to do. And, you know, it's, one of those things where if the guy fits in your scheme and he's in your bo- on your board where he's on your board, then you might as well go and draft him. And obviously that was the case with Makai Blackman for the Vikings and probably a lot of the other guys. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Like the, this, the needs of your specific needs of your team and the specific needs of your scheme, they're going to inform the way that you're valuing each of the players so, yeah, that's going to push certain guys up, whatnot, certain guys down, whatever. And, like, yeah, like, you know, like a guy like Ringo, where it's just this disparate set of athletic traits that haven't coalesced, but you categorically know that he can't stay with guys in space because he changes directions like the Suez uh, Canal tugboat or whatever. It's just not what – with in Flor- like, you project that to Flores' scheme of, like, let's watch Calais Ringo be on an island with a guy by himself for five seconds he is going to be left in the dust very quickly unless it's like the North South thing. And we're staying near the boundary. Like, so, I mean, like, yeah, like the Vikings just can't value that. Like a guy that can fight you off the line. Like Blackman does that. You can't shake like Blackman because his, his movement skills side to side in particular are just way better. Yeah. He's smaller. Yeah. Maybe he's not as fast, but like he can stay with guys in space way better than Kelly Ringo. It's not even close. So it's like, yeah, I mean, like, it again, it depends on the system. If your system doesn't require your cornerback to trail a guy in man coverage, wherever he goes, across the field, whatnot, and, you know, like, with that, like, yeah, then if, if it's the zone where you're just going, like I said, like the silo, like north-south from the spot, then you're going to be more attracted to Ringo. But, like, yeah, for the Vikings, it just wasn't a fit. 
All right, one last question on the Vikings draft class for you. Chances Jaron Hall, putting you on the spot here a little bit, chances Jaron Hall becomes the future quarterback one in Minnesota. I know you're not as high on him as Tyler Fornis, um, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Zero. Zero? Um, okay. Maybe, maybe I'll say 0. 0.00001. Uh, there's a long road to go with Jaron Hall and he's old, right? Like he's 25, he's wildly inconsistent and he is horribly inaccurate. So it's like, yeah, I mean, like he's athletic, right? Like, I mean, you know, he's an athletic kid, whatnot. And he has these disparate traits. So, I mean, I can see dreaming on him, but like the idea that that you can get his accuracy from being like bad to like, like NFL caliber starter, uh, in the amount of time that you have in that rookie contract, the odds of it are just so exceedingly small. Uh, there are some things I like about him, but the bridge to get from here to there to become a starter again, like, well, he's still in his twenties. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll say 0. 0.0001. I, so just so we won't say it's like, you know, so it's like, look, <laughs> it's just a dumb and dumber saying, saying there's a chance. Like, <laughs> so you're I'll, telling I'll, me there's I'll, a I'll put it at that, but yeah, like, it is pretty small. He is a smart kid. I'll say he's athletic. Uh, he does have the experience. And at the BYU system, he did go through the progressions. So I'll, I'll give him all that. But like I said, like the, the horrible inconsistency really struggles under pressure. Didn't even have to face much of it at BYU. But whenever he did, whole thing cratered down. And then that lack of accuracy without having a howitzer of an arm. So it's like, uh, the ceiling here is not terribly high. And even if he gets to it, like, and the road to get there is a long way. That's why I was kind of out on Jaron Hall. But, yeah, you bring him in and see what you got. We'll see what happens. We could be playing this clip back in five to ten years from now. And, and Thor will uh, probably just ignore it and say, oh, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this uh, do anything with this <laughs> well just come up with a bunch of caveats why i was wrong in the moment that had nothing to do with my opinion like uh, too that's right ago. i would be very surprised if it happens and you can you can play this back too but yeah like i, I we'll see i mean prove me wrong please like i'm a vikings fan like yeah right exactly that's yeah, the whole like, yeah it's like giving the vikings a d plus or like not believing in general like it's it's not like I like to say that, you know, right. in this context where the Vikings have already gotten them. But yeah, like, like I said, you got to call the ball or, you know, judge the ball where it lies, whatnot. And I, at that point in the draft where all those quarterbacks had gone above you, like, cause there were, I think there was more for uh, not first round, like uh, total quarterbacks that got taken this class that there been in a little bit. Like, I think at that point, uh, I know the Vikings wanted to take one, but like, I think at that point, I just would have let the dream go and take a different kid out of position falling down. But they did what they did, and, and that's okay. It's, it's not like a super premium pick, but, yeah, I, I, I just don't think you're going to – maybe a backup, maybe a QB2, but I, I would be very surprised if he ever turns into an NFL starter. Well, you know, if he's a QB2 as a fifth-round pick, I think we'd be fine with that. Um, I think also – accuracy to get there. True. Yeah. True. Uh, I'd still take him over Sean Mannion at any time ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is the correct take. Yeah, that is um, Watch Sean Manning throw football again. I'll be good. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be in that boat as well. But to your point about um, about the Vikings fan thing, it's like the Kirk Cousins debate. Like we would love to see Kirk Cousins be really good, right? We want him to win a Super Bowl with us. But based on everything we've seen from him, 
he's probably not going to be that guy that goes and wins you a Super Bowl. And that's why a lot of us are like, well, we're just, we just don't think he's going to win us a Super Bowl unless he's on like a perfect roster like San Francisco, perhaps, you know, but it's, that's the same thing. We want that to happen, but we just don't think it's going to happen. And that's where you're at with Jared Hall. Yeah. And, and the crux of that, what you're hitting on is the cap thing, right? Cause how did San Francisco put that together? It's cause they had the cap room cause they had a right quarterbacks on the rookie contract. So like that, that's the thing with like, yeah, cousins is, you know, 11, 12, 13 best quarterback in the league. But like, yeah, that, that's why it's so important to get the quarterback on the rookie deal. Cause you can flesh out the rest of your roster in a way that unfortunately the Vikings are not able to because they're hamstrung with the cap in large part because of Kirk Cousins' contract. Well, uh, let's move on to the rest of the NFC North. I'm curious to get your thoughts in comparison to the Vikings, how the rest of the NFC North did. Now, I know you're really low on what the Lions did. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this take. My take is, at least in the first couple, two, three rounds for the Lions, Maybe value-wise, they didn't get the players they should have gotten. But based on, you know, if you just looked at the list of guys they got and didn't know where they were picked, I think they'd be pretty happy with the guys they got. But that's just my thought. What, are, what do you think? Yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, <laughs> it was a very wonky first round. Those are two of the more surprising right. picks I'd see. Although I, I love Jack Campbell. Uh, but, I, like, I like him more than anybody. But I saw him 36 on my board. So like, right. then, you know, at 18, maybe you think about trading back. They claim they couldn't get, trade back because no one was interested. But it's like, bro, as you have the number 34 pick, if there's no market for trading down, but other teams like you want to trade down, maybe that means with your 34th pick, you could have traded up at a uh, lower price with the rest of the amount of draft equity because they had an enormous amount, right? Like they were sitting on a like a war chest of, of draft picks, whatever. Uh, Jameer Gibbs at 12. Uh, anyway, you guys have all heard it, but like, after that, I agree. Like they were the Friday was wonky, but like Saturday, or I'm sorry, Thursday was wonky, but like on Friday, they drafted really well. I love Sam Laporta. Brian Branch, one of the biggest steals yeah. of the draft. Oh man. Yeah. That like, was huge. I, I don't understand how he falls to 40. Well, I sort of I like the athletic testing, and whatnot, but like he, he's fine in that nickel role. Like you don't have to be like the most elite athlete, whatever. Like he's a elite player in that position right like i mean both in the coverage would jumped up last year the run defense he is super active in that he triggers right away he'll even take on offensive alignment when he gets to the running back which he often does indirect pass he takes him down he has he's one of the most reliable tacklers for a defensive back we've seen come out in a really long time it's like like less than three percent missed tackle rate in his career like that's unheard of for a defensive back. So like, I, I really like that pick. And yeah, if you just swap that with the Gibbs pick, it jives, it jives both of these slots on my board. So like, you know, it's, it's hard to nitpick that one, not, and yeah, like that, the rest of their picks I was okay with, but I actually, I ended up like, I thought for sure I'd give the Lions one of the F's on my report or one of my two F's on the report card I give out, but I actually ended up giving them a C because I thought in the last two days of the draft, they really salvaged that value. And and sort of drive the thing and not a terrible class, all things considered. And certainly they hit positions in need. All right. How about the bears and Packers before we let you go? Um, another Hawkeye to the Packers uh, in Lucas Van S. What did you think of that pick in the Packers draft? I thought they, <laughs> I thought their draft was like opposite of the lions. Like the Packers were good in the first round, like Van Ness. How can you argue with that? Like that was just a good pick. JSN then, I would have gone with, but. 
I hear you. Maybe. Yeah. You know, and, and it was rumored that they were interested in him, but like with the, the edge rusher class where it was with, so I'd be in Ness 11th on my board. They take him 13th, uh, a position that like, if he is a star, like that can be more valuable than a slot receiver. So I understand like why they did that then. But the, on Friday, I was just really confused by the stuff they were doing. Like, Musgrave, I don't get it with him. Uh, he he started like 12 games in college. Uh, I think he had 40 career catches, like didn't break any tackles in college. Uh, his utility, like the thing he's got, you know, getting downfield. Like I've seen some of that in Mobile, making the catch downfield. But like he doesn't create any separation in the intermediate area. And like I said, you don't break tackles. So it's like you're really hanging your hat on that projection of like in the NFL – He'll be able to do this down the field when we've seen very little of it on his college tape. But, you know, more power to you. Knock yourselves out. I thought Jaden Reed was a terrible pick, one of the worst picks of the first two rounds. Uh, the joke I made about the Jaden Reed pick is like the, uh, Bill Simmons, a sports writer, uh, uh, for what is it called? Not Grantland. The Ringer. A ringer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, man, I'm, I'm effing old. But like he has this joke about press box hot. You know, where he's like talking about like, because there's not many women in the press box. So he, he has this term press box hot. I think Jaden Reed is the press box hot of this terrible receiver class where like he's only attracted because there ain't no other receivers. <laughs> so the Packers are like, the more they look to Jaden Reed, you know, like beyond those four guys, they're like, oh man, Jaden Reed, like he's, he's a good looker. But I don't think so. Like in any other class, he would have been just like a surefire day three guy and no one would have talked twice about it. But like in this specific class, like he just got more attractive the more he looked at him. I thought that was an egregious reach. The pick I liked that they did on the Friday was Tucker Kraft, who, in my opinion, is a better player and better prospect and will have a better career than Luke Musgrave, the guy they took 36 slots before him. Um, as far as the rest of it, I, I do like Dontavian Wicks. Um, it's funny. I don't rank Dontavian Wicks too far behind Jaden Reed. Dontavian Wicks, he can he can run routes and he, he's bigger. Um, you know, we'll see. But like, I, I think qualitatively, I think those guys are pretty close. The Sean Clifford uh, pick. Very rarely do NFL draft picks like actually make me laugh out loud. I was dying when they took Sean Clifford. That is so <laughs> friggin' funny. Um, at least the Vikings, the quarterback pick they took. At least like it wasn't like a joke. Um, the Sean Clifford pick was an absolute joke. Um, and then the, you know, the rest of their class take it or leave it. But yeah, like they were a little bit hit, miss, hit, miss. I, I gave them a C minus. And how about the bears last but not least? Well, hopefully least, but yeah. the bears, they were least there, yeah, at least, <laughs> at least in my grades, they were okay. the, yeah. So I, I, in terms of like the way that I graded, I, the bears were the class on the bottom. Now in terms of aggregate talent, you know, they might have been second. I, you know, I'll have to quantify that, whatever. But like the Lions obviously have more draft equity, but like the Bears had a lot of draft equity. I just disagreed with the decisions they made. Like, use a top 10 pick on Darnell Wright. You think you can play left tackle? Like, I don't. Like, and if he's just a right tackle, you're using the 10th pick on him. Broderick Jones went a little bit later. Like, I think he can play a left tackle in the NFL. So, like, they were really bullish on Darnell. And it's like, I'm not quibbling too much. Like they, you know, I, I see him 16, they see him 10, but like, that was a little bit of a reach. Then uh, the next day I thought they started, it's, they started pulling out their shoulder by, by reaching more heavily. Like uh Gervin Dexter, 
I understand the ball of clay athletically. He's, you know, the, 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 the frame he has and the athletic profile, but like that kid has something that's really concerning for a defensive lineman, which is he is slow as hell off the ball. And like, it's really lethargic getting into it and whatnot. And like, so every you know, sometimes some reps, he pops up as well. And so like there, he basically, he is seeding a head start to his opponent, every single play in the NFL, that ain't going to work kid. And, and he knows that, like he talked about in that in the pre-draft process, but like it's self-awareness of the problem is one thing, but like actually fixing that now when we're leaping up levels, uh, I don't know about that. Like I ranked him 95th, which I thought was pretty fair based on that. Like, you know, he has the other stuff, like, can he fix that? Whatnot taking him 53 to me, that is yanking him way up the board. Same thing with Tyreek Stevenson. I like his attitude on the field. I like the frame, like the athletic profile, whatnot, but like, that kid is really handsy. Um, Makai Blackman's another guy that fights like he does, but Makai Blackman, you don't see it as much like initially. Like he, he, Makai Blackman is confident running with you in space. Doesn't seem like Tyreek Stevenson is. It seems like Tyreek Stevenson wants a fistful of jersey because he's like, don't run away from me. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be, you know, cook, I'll be toast, whatever. So, I like I don't know how his game translates to the next. I compared him to Rocky Sen, who is like a, a cornerback coming out who's very similar, who is just grabby, 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 like off the line. Uh and the rest of the bear, like, so I like the the Roshan Johnson pick a lot. I think he starts from year one as a rookie. Like, I think like there's a real shot. He's like their bell call guy in year one, which is funny because he was never a bell call guy in college. Uh, I like the t- Tyler Scott pick. I really like the Terrell Smith pick later, but to me, they have blown enough equity early on. It's hard to dig out of that hole when you judge it like I do, value in the slot. So that's why they ended up getting a D from me. All right, Thor. Well, um, I'm going to uh, let you go. I've already gone over time here. So um, want to let you give our audience uh, information on where they can find you. Obviously, Thor on Twitter, at ThorKU, and uh, tell everybody where they can find you and your content. Also, by the way, I was going to mention, uh, apparently you are a known conspiracy, theor- uh, conspiracy theorist, according to a spaces, Twitter spaces. I heard you on the end of it earlier today. <laughs> oh, what, what, what was I, I? I've been, I've said too many things today. What, what was I saying? I don't, I don't know if there was any uh, particular thing, but it was the guy, guy basically said that you were a a conspiracy theorist or asked you if you were, I guess. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, some things definitely, uh, conspiracy Thor comes out for sure. Um, yeah, like, you know, it depends on, on the case, uh, whatnot, but like you can, you mentioned my Twitter, you can find my stuff, NFL draft stuff on, uh, fantasy pros and betting pros. And, you know, I put the draft grades out recently this, you know, uh, I guess on Saturday night, my next one is one of my favorite columns to do every year. It's it's as nerdy as it gets, but ranking the UDFA classes, like all 32 NFL teams stacking them one to 32. Uh, it's just something I really enjoy doing. So I, I put that out for AFC, NFC. So look for that on Fantasy Pros next week. And then my my last column I do every year is draft hall column where I had the, the draft classes and the UDFA class for every team. You have the aggregate amount of talent you acquired for the amount of draft equity you spent to get it. Right. And so then I come up with like an ROI like the return on investment you got from that stuff. And then I ranked that with that. So that, that won't be coming in two weeks, but yeah, check that out on fantasy pros. And then you guys uh, just started a new show on score North uh, and purple daily, I should say uh, purple daily on draft uh, you and Tyler Fornis and Declan Goff talking uh-huh. NFL draft. How fun has that been the first couple of weeks? 
Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Forno's my buddy in real life. And obviously I like Dex a lot too. And uh, fun to talk about that stuff. Uh, Cause yeah, like that's, that's my first love is like college football and the NFL draft. So um, score gave us the opportunity to talk about it year round and through the prism of the, the team that I like to look at it through the Vikings. So yeah, I mean like, you know, all through the fall, we'll be like zoning in on um, positions of need for the Vikings in the future and college prospects that you can look at that weekend that, that fit that whatnot and tracking those guys going up and down the board, whatnot. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, that's going to do it, Thor. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know it's been a busy time of year for you, busy day for you. So really appreciate you taking the time, man. Appreciate you, brother. Good talking to you. All right. And as always, Skull.